Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now, here is your host, Peter DeMott. Hi, this is Peter DeMott at the Equine Photographers Podcast. And today I'm interviewing somebody that does horse shows. Um, we have had lots of variety of types of photographers represented in the Equine Photographers Podcast, anything from art to uh, you know, wild horse photography and all kinds of portraits. And today we're going to talk to John McCarthy of John McCarthy Photography. John has been doing uh, horse show photography for some time and with an emphasis on Morgan horse shows. So, hi, John. How are you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing great. Excellent. Where, which came first, the horse or the photography? The horse definitely came first for me. Um, you know, I had started off in the university as a pre-med major uh, before I was even introduced to horses. So my freshman year of college was the first time I had ever been on horseback other than, you know, just the, the little ride around the circle at the at the fair you can do on the ponies. Um, but the first year of college, I had a friend there that had a horse and it just is something fun to do. Uh took me out and kind of started giving me some introduction lessons and I absolutely fell in love with riding and with horses and everything related to the barn. Uh, after my freshman year, I transferred to a school in central Missouri uh, called William Woods University, which is, they have a big equestrian science program down there. So 160 horses on campus across four different disciplines, you know, kind of compromised of all different breeds. Um, and that was really where my interest really started to take off and grow. Uh, it's also where I started to kind of introduce the photography side of it into as well. Um, now was that film back then or was that digital? I was 2003 to 2007 was when I was there. Uh, so it was kind of that transition stage. You know, there were some guys that were still shooting film. Most of them had, had already transferred over to digital at that point. Uh, my first camera I picked up while I was there was an old Nikon D70. It was new at the time. Um, but you know, so I started out in digital, uh, I took uh, a photography class as an art elective while I was there, and that was all film, so darkroom work, and you know, it was. I absolutely loved that. That was so much fun. Um, but that was where I really kind of started experimenting and with the horse photography side of stuff. Um, so, you know, with 160 horses on campus, there was no shortage of four-legged models out there that you know we could put in front of a camera and now were you shooting the horse or were you shooting the horse and rider portraits or what a were little, you a well, little bit of both um sounds like a like a date invitation to me <laughs> <laughs> no it was no uh, didn't do that huh no no mm -hmm. um you know we always had lessons going on out there at the barn so it was a lot of i guess you could say that was my intro to show photography in a way as far as the action shots go you know they're they had three different arenas there you know they'd 
run a, an hour long Western class and then they'd run, you know, maybe two or three saddle seat lessons in and then a hunter jumper lesson and dressage would follow. And so there was always something going on in the arena there. Always something that I could go out and take pictures of. And, you know, there's a lot of interaction in the barn as well. People out working with their horses or, or all that. So there was still time, there was time to go out and, and play around with people with their horse as well, you know, photograph them working with their horse. But for the most part, it was, just going out and sitting in the stands and, and taking photos of those lessons going on, it really sort of started me on the path to show photography and, and action photography as far as the horses go. What did you it, do with the pictures that you took all of this time? I think that the first two or three days that I went out and shot, I, I went out and printed off four by sixes at Walmart. And I think I still have them in a book somewhere. Um, but for the most part, I just took the pictures and put them on the computer and laid around to a hard drive. I mean, I didn't really do much at all with them. It was, you know, it was. It was your learning time. It was exactly. fun. There, you were there enjoying wasn't, the horses, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. There wasn't mm -hmm. anything, I think, on, on those memory cards that was worth giving to anybody at that point. It was kind of a disaster. But, you know, it was a good learning experience for me. Um, especially, you know with having so many different disciplines and so many different breeds there, it allowed me to really learn about the little, the little details within each breed and each, each discipline as far as what to shoot. So it was something that I definitely carried with me from there on out as far as, you know, you never have to, to turn away a show simply because it's not something you shot. I, you had experience shooting everything, be it a reigning horse out there or, you know, a quarter horse or hunter jumper class, dressage, saddle seat stuff, but you know, the Morgans, the saddlebreds, the Arabians, everything. I mean, you had experience with it, with it all there. So it was kind of nice in that respect. So from school, you graduated with a horse degree of some sort. You Correct. said it was this. I graduated with a degree in uh, equestrian science in 2007. So when I left school, you know, I, I had the photography side of stuff is more of a side hobby at that point. It was an interest. It wasn't anything that I really thought I would turn into a career at that point. I had every intention of you know, becoming a trainer, a professional rider, an instructor. And when I graduated, I moved back up to northern Illinois, which is where I'm originally from, and worked at a Morgan barn up there. So that was where I really kind of got my, my start into the Morgan side of things. Um, but it was while I was there that the photography aspect of it continued, you know, my interest in that continued to grow. And you, you, while I was there, were you watching, uh, professional photographers come to the farm and do shoots you know, it, or anything like that? At that particular, at that particular farm I was at, we never really did any professional shoots out there while I was there. Um, you know, we'd go to, to shows, I think we did eight shows a year while I was up there. And uh, obviously each of those shows would have a professional photographer at them. And it, I always thought it was really fun to sit there and watch them. You know, it, that was most of those guys were still shooting film at that point, medium format. So it was, you know, fun to see that process. You know, the you go out to their trailer at the end of the day and they would have created proof sheets out there. And to see that all you know, transpire was really neat. And I was absolutely enthralled with it and you know that was kind of where really started to, to think 
photography might be something I'd like to get into more as a career. Um, but, uh, you know, I spent that time while I was there every so often we would, you know, we'd go out, we'd have a horse that, you know, it's for sale or, you know, the owners wanted pictures of or anything like that. And I obviously volunteer at that point to go out and, and photograph the horse, you know, and yeah, I learned a lot through that. It was while I was working there, we went to a show in central Illinois, Springfield, Illinois. And, uh, I, I, I really wanted to kind of take this leap into the, the show photography side of things. I had realized that, taking pictures of horses was a lot less dangerous than trying to, to ride and start young horses. And it was something I really kind of wanted to make a shift into. I didn't really have a solid ground on it. it just kind of, you know, the amateur stuff. I, I, I had experimented around. I thought I knew what I was doing. I ended up meeting with the top name in the industry as far as saddle horse photography goes. He was shooting a Morgan Regional in Springfield while we were there. And I sat down and started talking with him and picked his brain. And he was such an open book. I mean, it was rather enlightening walking away from that conversation. And um, that's where you were able to build that? your the concept of your business. Exactly. Yeah. He's he being the you know the top name as far as that goes. Anything I needed to know, obviously, he was the person to go to. And in talking with him, that was when I kind of finally realized, okay, this is what I'd, you know, what I'd really like to do, what I want to do. You know, he pretty, just from talking with him, uh, he'd offered me a job at a, a show a few weeks later there that he was shorthand of that. And I came out and, and worked the sales booth for him. And it, it just, you know, continued from there. You know, it's, I still do work with him quite a bit and, you know, about six, seven shows a year here and there. And, you know, he's been a, a huge influence, and I'm, I'm very thankful for everything he's taught me along the way as well. At what point did you sort of, let's say, start the business? Okay. You said it was 2009, I think? It was 2009 when I, I met him, yeah. I had kind of ventured out a little bit um, here and there. It picked up, a, you know, I, I shot a 2000, summer 2009, a multi-breed show that spring, two miniature horse shows and a Pinto show. Um, you just kind of getting out there and, and trying to get my feet wet and giving it a shot. And it, it was a disaster. <laughs> well, and you probably, you, you probably didn't make a lot of money and that's no, obviously not enough no. shows to make a living. It's definitely not. And you know, when so, you, yeah, where'd it go from there? Yeah. I guess you met this other fellow and then, uh -huh. and then you did some shows with him Correct. Yeah, I did some shows with him, and actually, he was huge as far as springboarding me into the, springboarding me into the industry as well. Where, you know, he he saw that I had a talent as far as what I, I was doing. I you know as I was learning from him and all that, his shows would come in that he couldn't take, or you know, date changes and all that stuff that needed the shooter. He would refer them off to me, and that was really where, you know, a lot of my bigger shows started coming in um you know in 2000 so, so 2000, how many shows a, a year does he do he does about 22 a year but okay he's but they're doing, bigger shows too yeah the biggest ones in the country as far as saddle horse stuff goes you know he does morgan grand nationals the kentucky state fair saddlebred world championships the arabian nationals scottsdale arabian stuff like that so i mean he's got 
they're big shows and it was great experience getting to work those with him as well you know to really see how those large shows are run and and the time and effort that goes into it and you know how to manage something that size it's it's been very beneficial but now you're not doing that size show I'm not doing that size show yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't do anything that big. You know, hopefully at some point in the future, yes, those will come along. But right now we're, you know, we're at about 26 shows a year right now. So, you know, it's a very, it's a busy year for us. But And you had told me that uh, there's a certain size of show that's sort of your ideal show. Correct, uh, yeah. If we try to bring in shows that kind of have a minimum number and we kind of set that minimum at anywhere right around a hundred head. Um, now let me, just out of curiosity, are there a lot of shows that are less than that? Like 25 or 50 horses or is that kind of where it starts? Well, the breed specific shows. So just let's say a regular Morgan show they used to be huge, uh, you, you know, before the economic downturn, they used to be huge anymore. So many shows have gone to multi-breed now. So to say I go out and shoot, you know, a hundred head Morgan show there, there might be 60 or seven more, 60 or 70 Morgans there. You know, they'll bring in saddlebreds as well to fill stalls. So you'll do 60 or 70 Morgans. There might be 30 to 50 saddlebreds there as well. So, you know, you get that number. It's not necessarily just a one breed show anymore. A lot of them have gone to that multi-breed format just to try to bring numbers in because a lot of shows. They have to have a minimum too, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, rising cost of facilities and, you know, everything along, you know, insurance and all that. Yeah. They need to, they need to put horses in stalls. So in order to do that, you know, bring in additional breeds. So, but yeah, that hundred mark is kind of our minimum. Um, you know, we're, we've done enough of them now along the way that we know that if you shoot a show with a hundred head, you're going to, you're going to make your expenses back at the show. You're going to walk out making a, you know, decent income off of it um so yeah that's kind of where we set our sights uh, obviously higher than that the better but minimum of about 100 so so when you first started out those first four or five shows it was just you know you and nobody else and nothing else and just you, you and the camera and <laughs> yeah that, camera. That, that's pretty much a disaster yeah yeah especially <laughs> but, when you think you know what you're doing but really you're you just you don't. I mean. Right. But now you know what you're doing and you have a, a trailer and you go to shows all over the place. Tell us what's in the trailer and how you do sales and uh, sort of your uh, spiel. Sure thing. So we have a, an 18-foot trailer that we haul around the country with us. Um, we, we have it. It's set up so we've got kind of a print room up front in the back. The awning windows fold out, and we've got laptops set up back there so people can come up and view their proofs. Um, and then are, you're typically printing out of the trailer? It depends on the size of the show. Some shows we do. Uh, if it's kind of a higher-numbered show and you know we obviously need to get a head start on printing, we'll, we'll set up the printer and the computer in there, and we'll do some printing at the show. Uh, for the bulk of the shows we do, though, we do not set up and print on site. Uh, it just becomes too much. You know, when you're out there for on your feet 
you know, anywhere between eight and 12 hours photographing the show. The last thing you want to do is sit there for another four or five hours and, and print. So a lot of times we, we do not set up at a show to print. We'll set up at the hotel and just kind of try to get a head start on some stuff from previous shows just to make a, some, a little leeway in that. But yeah, the bulk of our shows that we do, we don't set up and print at. Um, and mainly the, the big reason for that being we don't outsource our printing at all. We don't outsource our editing. You know, I shoot, I have someone that does the sales for me at the show, but then I do all the editing and the printing right now. It's just kind of a, a quality control thing that I have a hard time letting go of and outsourcing that to, to anyone. But Well, they wouldn't know the breed. Yeah. They don't, you know, exactly. They don't know what yeah, they're I, looking I currently, for. Right. And I'm currently kind of, training my wife right now to to take over some of the printing at least so that she can do some of that from home while I'm out on the road if she's home you know she's a school teacher so she's off during the summer months and she goes out with me then but you know while she's home during the school year then you know she can do some printing along the way as well that that definitely helps out but hmm. what what makes the business of horse show photography so fun for you I mean that's you said you're you're gone a good portion of every year. Tell tell us how lo long you're gone, and of course you said you bring your wife sometimes too. So that yes, tell us yes. My wife comes out with me during the summer months, but you know the thing that makes it fun is the breed is not huge by any means. I mean their national championships will have twelve hundred horses. We'll see the same people at that show that we see throughout the year all over the country. So you know you make these friendships and friends are like family out there and everybody it's a really close knit group. So you know you go out to the Pacific Northwest and you're gonna see people that you've known out there for years and you're gonna go out to New England, you're gonna see another group of people that you've known out there for years. And it's it's fun to travel around and, and you know get to visit your friends like that. But um it's fantastic. I mean, to see this much of the country is unbelievable. I mean, you know, we've hit almost all 48 of the, you know, almost all 48 states in the continental U.S. And to be able to do that while working is pretty awesome. I mean, you know, if we work it out so that we can kind of do a little mini vacation here and there along the way, if, if time allows, you know, you you'd go do a show in North Carolina. If you get there three days before the show starts, you drive out to the Outer Banks for a couple of days, you know, go see the wild horses out there and, and northern side of the island, or you, know, you stop through Wyoming on the way out. And you, know, you get to see so much of the country. And that really, I enjoy shooting the shows themselves, but the travel part of it, I enjoy as well, getting to see all that. Transitioning to, let's say, the nitty-gritty of, of the business, um, you know, people think that if they can just take some pictures at a show that they can make a living at it, but, uh, you know, you've got kind of a 100-horse minimum, you've got an 18-foot trailer, you're helping people to choose pictures at the show, uh, you also have a website where they can buy pictures, and, uh, and then, you know, what, what kind of averages do you get from the participants in the show? And also let's talk about that, uh, horse show publication thing that's so prevalent in the Morgan horse, uh, arena that they won't, you know, they have publications going off all over the place. 
Right. And they need to that's, show those pictures quick. So Yes. And that's what the bulk of our sales go towards is is photos that are going out in publication. So the Saddlebirds and Morgans... You say that's the, the Morgans, bulk of your show, uh, pictures? A, so, quite a substantial portion of the photos we sell end up being used in the publications, yes. So now, is it only the people with the first and second place finishes or... No, I mean, quite a few of them, you know, obviously we sell a lot of those victory pass shots and people want to advertise that they want to show, they want a particular class at this, at this show. But we do, you know, I mean, people, if say a horse gets fifth, you know, that's, if they're still trying to sell that horse, they still need a shot. That's, you know, if they're going to put an ad in the magazine, is that horse being for sale? We'll still sell some of that as well. A lot of the stuff does revolve around, you know, having won the class or championship or reserve or, or anything like that. And so those are digital files. And those sh- are digital files. That you ship those to the client or to the magazines? Uh, those, so the digital files for ad requests like that go out to the magazines. Um, so we go through, we'll edit them up, we'll color correct crop, and then we upload directly to the publication that's requested that it's going to go to through an FTP site. Um, and it goes into their advertising department then, and then they go through and they'll do whatever they need to do to design the ad and, and get that out to print. So we're constantly kind of battling the clock as far as that goes. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a newspaper. They have deadlines. And so if we're lucky enough when we, we finish up with a show, we'd like to have a little bit of breathing room. You know, obviously sometimes we've got a week until that particular deadline for you know the, the coverage of that show in the magazine sometimes it might be the next day and that's when things get really interesting and where i'm thankful i have a you know co-pilot in the car at times where they can take over and i'll sit there in the in the passenger seat and you know the laptop in my lap and a blanket over my head so i can i can see anything trying to get photos done and sent into the magazines and for those quick turnarounds then there's a lot of uh also digital and print and Mm-hmm. What we want to call low-res low sales, too? Yes. Let's talk yeah, about do. those packages. Yeah, we sell all different types. I mean, you know, we I still like to do prints. Those are kind of my favorite things to do just because I, I, I feel like there's a more of an end product out of that than I feel there is with digital. Um, so we do try to push a lot of prints. Um, we also sell packages of digital images, you know, high res stuff that will go to the client then is, you know, or the magazines if it needs to. And the big thing nowadays is people want to be able to get on social media and talk about their recent wins and the shows that they're at. So our big thing right now is web files and, you know, getting low resolution images out quickly to riders and exhibitors and all that yeah that want to share those on social media so we try to do a really quick turnaround on those usually we go back to the hotel at the end of the show that night and we'll do all of our web files and that are have been sold throughout the show that day and get those sent out so we try to do like a you know a same day turnaround on that um obviously with the the prints and digital files we don't have quite as as quick of a, a turnaround on those you know it's kind of one of those if you do a three-week run of shows, you know, we, we try to say, you know, four-week lead time on prints. You know, so we go out, we do our three shows, we come home, then we just sit in the office and print for till we get through everything. Um, the digital stuff, we can get out a little quicker. Let me yeah. ask you this. Why, yeah. why, why don't you use a lab? You know, it's, 
it's a quality control thing. I know, you know I've gone through labs before. It's they're fantastic. I just I like to yeah, obviously a lot of labs you can drop ship stuff out to the clients. I like to have everything in hand and I go back and forth a lot. I mean, I might have one photo that I'll print four times before I get it exactly how I want. You know, we do we've got calibrated monitors, we've got calibrated printers for the papers we use, but for some reason, you know, if it just comes out not looking quite right, I'd like to be able to go through and throw it through the printer again. And it's just something I don't find you I, I don't like that not knowing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if you have it shipped to yourself from the print lab, then you, you have know, double shipping. Ex- exactly. So mm-hmm. you know, you say I don't like how that one turned out. I'm going to reorder it, and you know, then you're three or four days into it, and you know, you might finally then have a product you can send out. I just, I really like to have full control of the process from camera through mm-hmm. the printed image. Well, that's pretty and, cool. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a business model. You know, so there's other people that are going to send everything off and concentrate on just shooting and not fulfillment. Tell us about the people that are shooting that are not professional photographers that are taking away your business. How do you deal with that or how do you feel about that? It's a slippery slope. Uh, It's becoming something, obviously, as camera prices continue to go down and the, the functionality of cameras continue to go up, you know, the low light conditions and all that. It's becoming more and more prevalent to see people on the rail shooting, be it, I have a handful I have some shows that you'll have commercial photographers out there. A lot of them are just, you know, amateurs looking to have some fun and they may be giving away free prints. They may you know, free photos, free files, stuff like that. It does hurt, but at the same turn, we're able to get a shot in center ring that they're not able to get from outside of the ring. It it's similar. It's definitely it's not the same though. Um, you know, if it comes down to it, one of the things that we'll do for some of our bigger shows is we'll actually hire in someone to shoot candidates from the rail as well. So we'll have somebody out there that's doing kind of a similar shot to what those people are getting that, you know, so we're able to still get that kind of, that coverage. Um, obviously we don't do that at all of our shows. It's kind of a, you know, like national regional level show stuff that we really reserve that for. Um, have you noticed a precipitous drop in sales from over the rail shooters or I have, you know, it's some shows in some shooters I've talked to, they'll say yes. Um, I personally have not had a huge drop in sales by any means at any of the shows. Because they need the professional quality image. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those where it's not something that I see at a ton of the shows that I personally go to. um, But it it is becoming more and more popular. And, you know, I am seeing that here and there now. It's nothing that's really impacted us for the worse at at this point. there are some shows that are trying to limit it. You know, you can't come in and shoot commercially at a show. And it's one of the, I can, I appreciate it when shows do go through and enforce that or, or can find a way to do that. Cause obviously, you know, it's these people show up that are local and shoot and make money off of it. And here, we, you know, we're the contracted photographer. We're there to provide services to the show. We have all the overhead expenses and, you know, insurance and, and all that. And, you know, pay a vendor fee if, if there's one required and 
for folks to show up and, and sit on the rail and shoot and not have to go through any of that. It, it's, it's detrimental to the industry as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of, of folks out there that, that do this as a profession that don't have the best outlook on it right now because of the fact that it's becoming more and more prevalent or they have had a hit to their income as far you know, because of it or said, so it's one of those things that it definitely needs to be addressed at some shows, but how do you say, you know, how do you tell a parent that they can't come out and shoot their kid? You, you can't really go through and do that. It's to go through and enforce it. It's going to be tough, but. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let, let, let's get into the nitty gritty a little bit more. Uh, you, you said you had sort of three packages. One of them was the minimum print package. One of them was minimum full digital. And the other one was the low res. Tell us about um, the, the pricing on those and what they're getting. And then also uh, what percentage of the business comes from each one. So our minimum pricing that we do, our, our print packages start at 55. That's the smallest amount that they can do and that's we do two five by sevens of an individual print eight by ten um so that's the minimum orders a 55 dollar order uh from there you know obviously we do 11 by 14 16 by 20s 20 by 24s and so on and so forth from there all the way up as big as we can you know if they if they want a poster size we can do poster size but you know our main thing that we do are the eight by tens five by sevens um we have a print, uh, digital package, which is color-corrected, cropped, uh, high-resolution files. Our minimum, our smallest package we do for that, we sell them even numbers. So two images for $100, uh, and that's becoming a, a rather popular feature or option, I guess you could say. Our web files that we do, we do three images, uh, low-resolution, color-corrected, cropped for 90 and that's kind of a, that's a really big seller right now because obviously the instant gratification side of it, people want to be able to put those images up on Facebook, social media, Instagram, stuff like that. And they might not necessarily need a print or they might not need a high resolution file because they're maybe not going to advertise with it. So that's become, you know, so we, that's something we started last year and it was a pretty big hit. You said the low res files are hot and heavy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about percentages of what's being actually show, sold at the shows? Our prints are probably about 30% of what we sell. Um, our high-res digitals probably account for, I'd say, 40 to 45%, and then the rest is made up with the low-resolution files right now. It's, it doesn't sound like a huge percentage when you you know you talk about those low-res stuff, but with our prints, we also send out low res file with that if they do request it. So, you know, really they're getting, they can do the three image package for social media or they can do the print and also get the web file with that as well. So right. it's, it's, so you're making people, lots uh, of low res files then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lots of low res files. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on your website, you do these farm calls and tell us about those mm-hmm. again. Sure. So our farm calls we do, you know, it could be for trainers that want particular ad shots that we're not going to get from a show ring shot, you know, confirmation stuff without the saddle, uh, halter standing shots, head shots, anything like that. Trainers will call us up. Um, you know, obviously we put out our schedule. It's usually set in stone by 
about mid-January, so they know where we're going to be, and we do kind of the same handful of shows year in and year out. We'll add a couple here and there. but So people know when we're going to be in their area, and if they need these particular types of shots that they're not going to get from the show ring, they'll say, hey, well, you know, while you're out here, can you stop by and, you know, photograph some of our horses? We have for off-site stuff, not at a show, a minimum of six horses that we have to have booked up in order for us to to go and do that. Um, you know, there's an incentive with that, us being, you know, coast to coast. If we're in the area for a show, we don't charge the normal trip charge to go out and do that. So we don't have to charge them airfare, hotel, rental car, anything like that. So those six horses... Um, See, so they don't have to be in one location, but within a certain radius of that one. So if multiple barns want to get together and, you know, to hit that minimum six, they can do that. Uh, more often than not, we get that without a problem. Um, you know, a lot of times it's it's people that just want pictures with their horses, you know, owners that want, you know, a nice portrait photo with, with their horse. So that's kind of what a lot of our farm calls be, become, you know. While we're at the shows as well in between sessions we'll set it up so that if somebody has a horse that's there showing and they want you know farm style photos you know farm call photos portrait pictures yeah we'll go out with them while we're at the show there on the grounds and find a, a pretty spot there if if it's available you know some some facilities it's kind of a just a giant concrete pad there's not a whole lot of anything pretty to pick from. But, you know, if we can find a good spot there on the grounds, we'll go out and we'll do a, just a little one-on-one -on -one session with a person there as well. Mm -hmm. If somebody was saying, I want to be a show photographer, what would be uh -huh. your recommendations to them in terms of learning the business? Sure. My recommendation for them would be kind of go about it how I did. I mean, find one of the guys that does this, be it myself or any of the other number of, of Morgan photographers, Saddlebred photographers, and get together with them and do what I did, become a rail shooter for them, you know, where you sit on the rail and you shoot candids. I mean, I started out doing, you know, 12, 13 shows a year with this particular gentleman, and I learned a lot through that. Uh, it really helps to teach you the ins and outs of the particular breed, what you need to shoot, what you don't want to shoot, what, you know, what's sellable, what's not sellable, get your timing down. And it's a great learning environment where you can still get out and network and meet the people that you need to meet in order to bring in your own shows. And that would be my number one recommendation to somebody. My other would be really make sure that you have your timing down before you go out and try to bring in a show. I didn't do that. And my first year, it, I, it sends, I cringe when I look at some of the photos from that first year. You know, I thought that I knew what I was doing. I was kind of, I, I really didn't. I mean, looking back on it now, you know, I mean, there's that ideal photo that each of the breeds has that you're striving for, that you want to get. My other thing is steer clear motor drive when it comes to doing these because you know, you're, you're hoping that you get that shot with it. You know, we all shoot all the guys that I work with, you know, it's, we don't do motor drive at all. It's, you know, you learn that timing, you look for what you need to see in that photo and you, you hit it, you know, it's one shot and done. 
uh, the motor drive thing, and I was guilty of it when I first started, it becomes too much of a crutch instead of really learning what you need to watch for in order to get that shot. Okay. And then uh, last of all, just uh, tell us where people can find you online okay. and whatever. Yep, online. We have a web uh, storefront set up online, uh, John McCarthy. It's John without an H, so J-O-N-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y photo.com. We're based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. But obviously with you know a show schedule of 20 or 30 shows a year, we are coast to coast, you know, from – about February through November is usually when we're out about. Uh, you know, we kind of do a sweep across the country one direction and then back the other way. So we're always somewhere. You know, if you're in an area where we're going to be, definitely stop out, chat. We'll be happy to show you anything you want to know or cool. teach you whatever you So, yeah. Sounds good. Now, uh, for the people that are listening, we just would like to encourage them to visit John's website and uh, also to visit iTunes and rate and review the show. That helps other people to find us. Also, if you go to the website, uh, equinephotographerspodcast.com, there's share buttons at the bottom of every page. And this will be our 17th or 18th show. And we encourage you to listen to all of them all the way back to the beginning and uh, have fun learning about the business of equine photography. Thank you for your time. We'll see you later. All right. Thank you much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn and grow and to be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding image makers. Thank you.